Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,699. We're talking about collector cars today. Buckle up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in beautiful Santa Barbara, California, with a very special guest by the name of Charles Crail. Hey, Charles, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Ready to go. All right, we'll have a little bit of fun here. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, would you share one thing with us that perhaps most people don't know about you? Secrets. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> they might not know that my original first career was in the movie industry and that I was a cameraman for CBS. I used to do what's now 60 Minutes. It used to be called Tuesday News. And I was a cameraman on The Sand Pebbles and a number of movies. Worked on Get Smart. Worked on the Fugitive series for a long time. And wow. A, a lot of documentaries I did. M.C. Escher, and uh, documentaries all over the world. Wow, very cool. Well, considering you've been in the automotive world for such a long time, uh, yeah, that was probably a ways back. But some of those shows you're mentioning, I remember watching as a kid. So there you go. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. Charles Crail is the owner of Charles S. Crail Automobiles, classic and sports cars there in Santa Barbara, California. He is less a car salesman and more of an Indiana Jones who tracks down the most exclusive collectible cars in the world and brings them to market. He ships dream cars all over the world as well from his showroom there in Santa Barbara. He's been in the collector car space for over five decades and has sold cars to collectors all over the globe, including celebrities and many noted personalities. He is considered an expert on a global basis, and his name comes to mind when you're discussing marks, including Rolls-Royce, Bentley, and Ferrari. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Charles, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make the show possible here. So sit tight, keep your seatbelts on. We'll be right back. Do you have a pet in your household that loves to go for a ride? Our pets are part of our families, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interior. Well, Covercraft has you covered. They offer a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interiors from Fido's rough treatment. Canine cargo area covers are padded for comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features to keep cargo areas and seats protected. Covercraft solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, and protect from damaging claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, and that occasional drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's delicate surfaces. Choose from a variety of styles and colors that cover almost every vehicle made. Is your dog getting a little old? Covercraft even has a pet ramp so your trusted companion can get himself into and out of your vehicle. Here's something special to you from me at Cars Yeah. If you go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120, Y-E-A-H-120, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com today and use the code YEAH120 and you'll get this special 10% off. Tell Fido it's from me. That's Covercraft.com. Use YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Woof. American Collectors Insurance, that's how I now protect my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. 
Are you insuring your classic vehicles on your regular daily driver auto policy? Then your special vehicles are at risk. Your regular auto insurance carrier won't tell you how much you'll get until after a claim. And more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With a agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. If you're driving your collector car less than 5,000 miles a year, do what I did. Call American Collectors Insurance and get your very own agreed value policy tailored to your specific vehicle. If you're like me, you're picky about who works on your special ride. A great policy allows you to choose your repair shop of choice, and that means you'll know the job is done right. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did at American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Charles, we're back. And as we continue on what I'm going to call your life's journey here today, I would love for you to share a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has... Great meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the tires spinning a little bit here on cars. Yeah, Charles, take the wheel. I think that reputation comes to mind. If there was something to focus on in this industry, you never want to lose. Uh, it's really important. And I would say that uh, an old friend who's been in the business as long as I have, I once asked him what he thought was the most important thing in the classic car business and he said it's not what you know about every car but who you know about every car so at any time you need information you have a friend that's a specialist in that area and then you can tune in with that person that's a very wise thing to say for sure because one thing i've learned after interviewing well tomorrow i'll hit guest number 1700 here on cars yeah it's this car hobby that we're in the passion we have is really about all the people around the automobiles and so forth. So let's talk a little bit about your business. You've been sourcing and finding dream cars for people for a long, long time. So tell us all about the main focus with your business, the types of vehicles that you found, perhaps maybe a story or two, and uh, what gets you so excited to get up every day and go to work in your business? I think it's the adventure. I find that the hunt for cars, tracking them down is the most rewarding part of it. I love looking through books and I see a car, a picture of a car that I've never seen before. And I say, God, I wonder where that is. And it might take me five years, 10 years. That really pleases me. I think the people that you meet in the industry is really a treat that uh, I've met people all over the world, celebrities, every kind of person you could think of. And you're always surprised of what they might have to say or do. Tracking down cars is an art. Uh, and thank God for the internet because it's made it a lot easier. And perseverance. For example, in 1967, I used to date, a, I used to have a friend who dated Harold Lloyd's granddaughter. Oh, wow. Harold Lloyd was a little silent screen famous actor in the 20s. And he lived about half mile from where I lived in Beverly Hills. And I used to go over to her house with my girlfriend. And we would go in the garage. And in his garage, 
were two silver ghosts, Rolls Royces, 1924 and in 1925. He'd bought them new. Both of them were very low miles, but he was superstitious. And even though he didn't drive them anymore, he had them up on blocks. He would never sell anything that he ever bought. And we would get in the cars, sit in the back seat, feel like royalty, and have some wine or smoke joint. <laughs> and never in a million years thinking that I'd come back and buy them someday. Wow. And own them. In 1970, he died, and his granddaughter was the trustee. And she said, I want you to have the cars. In 1968, I had gone into the classic car business. And it turned out that the lawyers for the trust decided that everything that Harold Lloyd owned had to be sold. And they were put in auction. And every time I'd make a bid, someone would bid higher. I found out later on that the auctioneers knew I was a dealer. And they would tell the opposing bidder, don't let him scare you. He's a dealer. And whatever he'll pay, you can pay more. So I didn't get either car. I called the man who did get the cars and said, would you want to sell them? He said, no. I called him for 40 years. 40? Every 40 years. <laughs> oh, my God. Every year, I'd call him. And when I'd call, a man would answer the phone. He had a commercial business that made uh, rubber parts for cars and other things. And I'd say, it's Mr. And funny enough, his name was Carr. I says, Mr. Carr there. And the guy would say, what do you want? And I said, well, I want to talk to him about buying the Silver Ghosts. And the man would say, no, Mr. Carr doesn't want to talk about them unless you have a million dollars. Now, at that time, he paid about $60,000 for both of them. So I kept calling and calling and calling. In 2014 or 15, I called him up, and I had got a suitcase and filled it with cash. And I went down, to, and it was about three blocks from his building where he kept the cars. And I, he was always there during the day. I called him up, says, Mr. Carr there. The same thing. What do you want? I want to talk about the cars. Oh, no, Mr. Carr doesn't want to talk about the cars. I said, well, tell Mr. Carr, Mr. Crail is three blocks away. I have a suitcase filled with cash. And if he ever wants to hear from me again, come to the phone. So the guy says, oh, well, I am Mr. Carr. <laughs> I said, oh, I've been talking to Mr. Carr for 40 years. He says, yes. I said, well, I have a suitcase full of money. And if you'd like me to bring it over and show it to you, it will be my one and only offer for the two cars. So he said, okay. So I went over, go into this warehouse. He had two grand pianos. And it was, turns out he was a, by hobby, but a considered a professional pianist. And he was playing a Liszt concerto in this garage with the Rolls Royces and some other cars he had. And I sit down at the piano with him and I open the suitcase. He says, How, and it's filled. He says, how much is in there? I said, there's $300,000 in there. And I said, but I'm not coming back. You'll never see me or hear from me again. And he, I thought he was going to have, he was about 85, and I thought he was going to croak right there. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go. I don't use those cars anymore. So he took 300000 <laughs> the way I went with the two Rolls Royces. What a story. Well, I'll bet you've got 100 of those or maybe more of those stories, don't you? <laughs> That's true. I've actually thought about putting a book together because it's... Yeah. Well, let me ask you, when people come to purchase cars from you, do you have cars there for sale? Do you seek cars out for people? Do you buy cars and then resell cars? Do you do all the above? All the above. Generally speaking, I don't sell cars that I don't 
have my hands on, so meaning they're here. But occasionally there are cars that are so well known that when uh, someone says, oh, can well, take, for example, one of these Harold Lloyd cars. Uh, someone came to me and s- said, oh, I saw on your website, on your soul car section, this car that belonged, touring car that belonged to Harold Lloyd. Uh, I would really love to have that car because it's low miles, all original, no stories, full history. I have pictures of it in 1964 in Harold Lloyd's garage with me sitting there weighing 130 pounds and uh, with Harold Lloyd's granddaughter. He said, I really want that car. Well, that car I'd sold to a man in Holland, and uh, I called to see if they'd sell it, and the wife answered, and she says, funny enough, my husband passed away, and we're selling all the cars. So that's the situation where I've had the car, I know the car, I have videos of it when I had it, I have photographs, I've been through the whole thing. And I know the man who got it from me, and I knew how fastidious he was about taking care of his car. So I would feel comfortable selling it to him without actually having my hands on it. But generally speaking, even if I've owned it 10 years, you never know how what could happen to a car in 10 years. So I want to run it and drive it and make sure it's what I represent. Yeah. Well, you know, the persistence there is what gets you the vehicle. I I only have one of those stories. For 10 years, I called a guy about every six months wanting to buy a certain Porsche. And I did not what you did, but at the the 10-year mark, I was ready to buy a different car. And I called him just per chance. I figured he'd say no. And I said, hey, I've got a check here. I'm going to write to someone else, but I could put your name on it if you'll sell me that car that I want. (laughs) And he said, I'll sell it to you. And it was just the right timing for him. He was ready to let it go. And here's the crazy part. About four months later, the car that would have been sitting in his garage, his garage caught on fire and his whole house burned down. And so that car would have gone with it. Uh, Sadly, he lost his other cars. Uh, Luckily, he and his family got out of the house uh, safe and sound, but they lost their home and all the cars. So in in essence, I saved that vehicle, uh, which I had for a long time. But uh, fascinating stories. I'll have to have you come back and talk about more stories. Are there particular marks that you tend to focus on? Are you pre-war, post-war sports cars, or do you cover the whole spectrum of collectible cars? I specialize in pre-war cars and not in particular a special one. I mean, I'll take Rolls-Royce, Bentleys, Mercedes, Jaguar, Frazier, Nash, but I'm try and find unusual ones. So I wouldn't buy just any pre-war Rolls-Royce. If I go through the Rolls-Royce books, I probably would say 10% of all the Rolls-Royce's coach-built ones are desirable. And a lot of them are just big, boring limousines. So, But the ones that are special, I'm, I'm interested in. Yeah. Post-war, I like sports cars. Some American classics, particularly around 1939 to 1941, 42, and then a, a little bit after the war, 40 seven, eight, and nine, and 50. As times have changed and the, and the market's crowd, buyers are younger, I've become more interested in, in appreciating American cars in the 50s and 60s that I wouldn't have thought about 10 years ago. So I'm pretty, it's pretty, pretty wide open, but yeah. mostly condition and uniqueness is what I'm interested in. Yeah, it sounds like it. I always ask my guests to share a big challenge they faced along the way in life or their career, maybe even a huge failure. And it's really more about what that lesson learned was so that you could move forward 
in a very positive way in hopes that maybe someone listening might be going through something similar and hear of your success and go, okay, there's some hope. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a freight train barreling down on me. So take us on a little journey there. This could involve chasing a car that maybe you didn't get or challenges with a car. I'm sure you've got a story in there somewhere, Charles. I would say that more than a story, um, it's a mindset. And the mindset is that I can do it. And the mindset is I'm up. It's a great day. It's positive. And never look at the dark side of it and just focus on that. Look on the good side of it. You know, I have a, I can have a car that's running perfectly and all of a sudden the next day I go to start it and it's the engine is dropped something and I got I got to tear the whole engine apart and it might take me three months to find the parts so I say okay but then I'll have a car that I can say the engine's all been rebuilt and yippee <laughs> so there's some there's there's I think you know that when you fall down get up mm-hmm. don't stay down stay up and and uh see the good side Where did you get that optimism from? Because it's easy to say that if that is your perspective, but some people, as we know, don't have that perspective, or maybe they were never taught that perspective by their mentors, their parents. Uh, They're around people that are always looking at the dark side versus the light side. So for those folks, uh, what kind of things helped you become that, have that kind of personality so that you can at least look on the positive of of each thing? That's, That's a challenging thing to do all the time. I would say it's from examples. Uh, my grandfather had different problems during his life. He always seemed to pull out that he would, even when he was in his 80s, uh, he owned real estate in Hollywood and uh, the market was down and he had a buyer for some apartment buildings and then the deal fell through and and he said, oh, well, I'll just rent them then. And they ran an ad in Variety and got some interesting movie people, up-and-coming celebrities to live in his apartments, which cheered him up. He always liked going over there and talking to him. Mm-hmm. I had a paper route when I was about eight years old, and I would meet people. In those days, you'd throw the paper on the people's porch, and then you'd come around once a month, and you'd collect the money. I did that same thing, yes. <laughs> and and you learn a lot about people doing that. And, you know, so they would tell you how bad their life is and they can't pay you or they wouldn't come to the door. Oh, yeah. Whatever the porch light be. would go off when you rang the bell. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just a little kid. I only want 12 bucks. <laughs> but uh, it was a good lesson. You met, you met lots of different people on their stage and um, – it was it was taught it taught me how to handle myself and mm. and uh move ahead i have always said that paper route as hard as it was to get up at four in the morning seven days a week rain or shine i did my paper out for almost five years i don't know how i lasted that long but it did teach you a lot about communicating with people responsibility because you had to collect all the money and then pay the newspaper back and then you got to keep what was left over and taught you about what happens when you show up late and that guy is ready to go to work and he hasn't gotten his paper and he's pretty upset with you <laughs> say my, my bicycle had a flat i'm sorry mr jones so yeah it's a great lessons for sure well let's take a short break we come back i want to dive into this personal passion you have for cars because you've obviously a car guy and have been a car guy for a long time so sit tight and we'll be right back 
If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. So, what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you start Adobe Road Winery. It's located in Petaluma, California, and he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, in the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about Shift. This wine was awarded 93 points by Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's balanced and spicy with dark blueberries and a cigar aroma. The unique bottle shape features a vintage-inspired metal gated shift back with carbon fiber, and the cork is topped with a five-speed shift knob. That's right. There's going to be some battles at the dinner table on who gets to keep the cork after this bottle has been enjoyed. The Racing Series is a delicious gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout and get $10 off your purchase 
from the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYA today. Cheers. All right, we're back, Charles. What was that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy? Do you remember that particular moment or did it just evolve over time? It evolved. It started with, I used to buy model cars. And in those days, this would have been in the late 40s. I remember buying a XK120 Jag and it came in a box with a piece of balsa wood. And they had a drawing of the car, and they had the, and they had the wheels and the steering wheel and the windshield. But you had to sand the balsa wood to form the body. Really? And I and wow. I remember thinking, what beautiful lines a one twenty XK one twenty Roadster, what beautiful lines they had, and it was so pleasing to try and get it just right. And I'd look at the picture on the box, and there was a car dealer uh, not too far from where we lived. It sold used sports cars and i'd go down there and i'd look at the car and it was the art form i wasn't even thinking about driving it and how fast it would go i was only looking at the physical like looking at a girl i was absolutely then there was a young when i was in high school i was driving a studebaker commander that my mother had and gave to me and in those days this is 1956 this 53 studebaker commander was a cartoon car to most kids and they just laugh uh, at the style and there was a girl across the street from me who i admired very much was not enamored with my studebaker <laughs> and a guy drove up that goes to our high went to our high school in a 300 sl going he was 16 years old oh my gosh and I had never seen one in person. And I not only did I fall in love with the car, she fell in love with the car, got in the car with the guy, and off they went. And I realized the power of automotive uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> vehicles have in our sex life. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, hard to resist a 300 SL, that's for sure. <laughs> so oh it, evolved, it evolved from that to... Going to the car races, I used to ride my bicycle out to Willow Springs and the timed uh, Pomona. I think it was Pomona, where the LA Times used to do uh, racing. And that really revved me up and got me interested in the mechanics of the cars and speed and competition and all of that. And then I had a Volkswagen in college. I paid $650 for it and I went over to a place in Pasadena called Peter Satori, which was an authorized Rolls-Royce Bentley dealer, amongst other cars. Mm -hmm. And he had in the back of 1500, 1956 Porsche Coupe. Mm -hmm. I said, how much is that? And the guy said, $1,100. I said, wait a minute. I can sell my Volkswagen for $650 and I can get that. So I did it. And I got this 56 Porsche. And all of a sudden, I was pulling girls. <laughs> The power of those curves on those German automobiles. That's it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's cool. Well, I would imagine you've had a lot of very special cars in your life. I always ask my guests to share the first very special car. Maybe it wasn't your first car, but it was the first car that you finally got. Maybe we just talked about it. Was that Porsche or maybe something else that you went, man, I've wanted this. Can't believe I have this. And I uh, just brought a big smile to your face. What was that vehicle? 
the Porsche was really special. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. It was everything about it. it was black. It had a dark red interior. It was all original. That that car, I I really really enjoyed. I had a little later on a 56 Healy Le Mans, a real Le Mans, mm. and that was special till I blew up the engine. Oh. Uh, but it recovered. And the most special car that I owned and couldn't keep, but I bought it and had it, for, but I had to keep it as a car for sale, was a 1958 Scaglietti Tessarossa 250. Ah. Uh. That car just, I look today and I say, if I could have any Ferrari, I would want that car. That one? Yeah. There's, there's all, you know, and there's, there's a lot, but there's something that's magical about that for me. And it's understated. And that's what I really like about it. It's balanced and understated. And there's not a, you can walk around that car and from any angle, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to drive. It's not too macho. And I thought it's the greatest. Oh, those are beautiful. I loved uh, several years ago when they had, uh, I don't know if it was all of them, but a very large collection on the lawn at Pebble of those 250s. And, uh, oh, man, they were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, just gorgeous. Uh, about as close as I've gotten to one is my uh, little uh, CMC model that I have of one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't. I can park it on my desk. I don't have a garage spot to park it in. But, uh, yeah, they're quite special vehicles. Well, here's a little bit of an introspective question for you, Charles. I'm going to be your psychologist today. If, if you are manifest as a vehicle, and this isn't what you want to be. This is your personality in a vehicle. Now, for a guy like you that have handled so many vehicles, this may not be too hard to figure out. What would Charles Crail be? And more importantly, why? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would be that Testarossa. Okay. And why is that? Uh, I would be that because that car has magic. And that car if it was sitting on a field with five other or 10 other Testarossas, I think people would be drawn to that car. I'm drawn to the car, and I feel when I had it, other people felt the same way. It's something that's special, but not overblown. It's it's balanced. It's a work of art. Mm, yes. And uh, I think uh, I that would be... I would be happy to be that car. Where's that car, that particular car you had, where's that living today? It's living in a garage that the, the owner that I sold the to is deceased, and he had a quite a, a large collection, and the family loves the cars, and his son now owns the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do my yearly call. <laughs> uh, I don't ask to buy all their cars. I don't try and promote. You know, I can get I can get you a big price for all. I just tell them here's the pictures of the car when I had it, and I would love to have it back. Yeah. And they say, well, I don't think we we love it too. And yeah. But I call them every year. In fact, I'm glad you reminded me because it's. It's time. Phone call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's time to call. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe a better time to call is right before taxes are due. Maybe that's when the time to the time to call. But it reminds me of that story of uh, Bruce Meyer and uh, Steve McQueen's Speedster and how Bruce ended up with that car and Steve kept calling him and calling him and calling him and wanting the car back and finally 
Bruce was so nice to go, well, you know, he wants it so bad. I know Bruce's wife said, don't sell it. <laughs> and he did. And uh, that car still lives in the McQueen family with Chad. But uh, yeah, it's that persistence. That's what it takes. That's all it takes. So just keep trying. And maybe one day you'll find that, that little crack in the armor like I did uh, with my car. You never know. Everything's for sale at some point for some price. That's for sure. All right. We're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions. Have you give me some quick blips of that Testarossa throttle that sounds oh so good. Ah, the V12. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years, Charles? I think it's being positive and being honest. Yeah, that what we talked about earlier. Absolutely. Especially in the used car business. Oh my gosh. Now, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and enjoy a, me- a meal or a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Henry Ford and Benjamin Franklin. Wow. Now there's a combination. Yes. I like that. I've had people answer that with many different people, but Henry Ford is the top choice. Carol Shelby's number two, but nobody's added Benjamin Franklin. What is it about Benjamin Franklin that you'd find so fascinating to talk with? As if I have to ask, but it's your perspective. He's a man. He was a man for all seasons. He could invent. He could he could legislate. He could write. He could paint. He he truly was uh, a man for all seasons, and uh, I like the direction that that he took. Absolutely. Wow, that would be one heck of a meal. Now, when it comes to automotive advice, and I'm going to twist this up a little bit for you because you've been finding vehicles and selling vehicles to people to make their dreams come true. What's the best automotive advice you would offer somebody who's looking to buy a classic vintage car? If they had did not have experience in doing that, I would seek out someone who has to work with. If they have experience and they're going to be looking for a specific car that they may not know everything about, I would recommend uh, what I said earlier in this podcast is find somebody who knows everything. So if you're if you're looking for a Jaguar, you call up. Terry. Terry knows everything about Jaguars and he would share it with you. So I would I would seek professional advice, even though I thought I knew everything. You know, it's so important. And I've known people that, let's say, have come into a lot of money through a business or something. And they realize, OK, now I'm going to start buying serious collectible cars. And many of them made big mistakes early on because they didn't do exactly what you just said. They went out and found something, and then they found out later that what they thought they bought wasn't really what they thought they bought. So that is absolute uh, expert advice. And I would assume if somebody's interested in a car that you have for sale, you'd be able to direct them to the right people to help them with that decision-making? Sure, gladly. Yeah, absolutely. Part of that honesty. Now, when it comes to resources, we have so many these days. Is there one that you'd like to share that's a regular go-to for you? This could be a website, an app, a supplier. Maybe it's a person in your life. The internet. <laughs> yeah. And Wikipedia. You know, I start with Mrpedia, uh-huh. and then uh, I start with the internet. And then I go to Mrpedia, even though a lot of it's just kind of general, but it opens the door, and I'm overwhelmed with how much information I can get on the internet. 
Imagine if we had that back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, <laughs> even the 90s. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, phenomenal. So uh, we kind of—I kind of wonder where we're going to be in 20 years if they'll just have these chips they put in your head. And, That's it, and it all—you just can summon it up in your brain. I think I just my <laughs> head would explode. Take the fun out of it, though. Well, it probably, yeah, yeah. The the research <laughs> is part of the fun too. The hunt is always part of the fun when it comes to to vehicles. Now, is there a book that you'd like to share with us, Charles, that you've really enjoyed reading? When I got your list, I knew you were going to ask me that question. I started thinking about it, and a book came to mind. Now this is to do with cars, great, and it's and it's a, it's a book that you'd never a million years think it would be worth reading. It's called the Red Car, and it's a story about a young boy who buys an old beat up TC MG, and he and his father restore it, and then he races it. It's fiction. It was, I read it in fourth grade. I went online to see if it still exists and found copies of it for sale for two thousand dollars whoa and later editions that sell for as low as fifty dollars but it is um it was charming and it was really for someone in the fourth grade in fact i went through looking up i read two or three reviews by other people who had read it when they were very young it has a lot to say about cars but it's also i can do it challenges and working with your father and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Are we, are you specifically asking me about car books or? No, books, no, it book? could be any book. Yeah. I've had a lot of people reference uh, everything from the Bible to business books, books on stoicism by Marcus Aurelius. Um, but the red car, I'm not familiar. I'll have to do a little research on that one. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. Very interesting. But I also love books like Devil in the White City. There's so many. Uh, I just read uh, the uh, biography of Hamilton. Okay. Uh, that well, I actually read it a couple of years ago, and it just absolutely carried me through the American Revolution and that period of time. Well, I'll put uh, these books on Charles' show notes page where you can find all the things that he's talked about today at the Cars yeah! website. Just go there, type in Charles Crail, C-R-A-I-L, and you'll find that page right there and everything that he's been so kind to share. All right, Charles. Now we're up to the checkered flag, and I think this, uh, well, you may trick me here, but I would think this maybe is a difficult question for you, a guy who's been around everything. But maybe, again, you've already answered this question. I'm going to buy you a collector card today, anything in the world. But there's a couple rules to my game since I'm going to be writing this big check. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. I want you to have a driver, something you'll use. No garage queens here, no desk collectors. But here's the hard part. It's the only one cool collector car that'll be parked in your garage. So it needs to tick a lot of boxes. Uh, is it going to be that Testarossa or is there something else that you might want? It's going to be the Testarossa. Yeah, I kind of thought so. And only that one. Only that one. 0354 is the serial number. 0354. Now, so I'm going to have to start calling the family every year <laughs> to get this car for you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, that's okay. I've done that before. So I'll, you just, you just send me their phone number and I'll start calling. Uh, I'll try every trick in the book. Well, is that car red? It's a very dark red. Dark red. Okay. Yeah. yeah oh, nice. Yeah. Well, uh, and has it been on the lawn at Pebble ever? Or has it been out in public or has it been tucked away all these years? I think he's shown it. I, I'm overwhelmed when I go to Pebble and I don't remember if it was there or not, but he, he's, he definitely went on rallies with it. Mm -hmm. And, 
I'm not sure about it, whether it was at Pebble or not. Well, I'll see what I can do for you, my friend. Charles, you've taken me on a fun ride today. This has been great. Uh, I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Cindy Meidel, who connected us, a PR gal. Uh, she connects me with some wonderful people, and I'm sure happy that she got us together today. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Before I let you go, though, could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off up Highway 1 in that beautiful 0354 Testarossa? I'd just say uh, enjoy life, and uh, if you're a car person, feel lucky and enjoy it. Absolutely. Get out there and enjoy your vehicles. What's the best way for people to learn more about you and your business? It's charlescrail.com. Very easy to find. I'll make sure I put a link to that. Again, Crail is C-R-A-I-L. Uh, you'll find his website. You'll be there a little bit, so pour yourself a nice drink. Sit back, look at all the vehicles that he has to offer. And if you need some help and advice, contact information is right there. Reach out to Charles because he's been in this industry for a long time. He's going to be a wonderful resource for you when you're looking for something very special to park in your garage. Just as long as it's not 0354, uh, that one is going to be his. Charles, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your life with me and with the Cars Yow audience. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.